0: looks a bit different once you're not matching with the identity that you were assigned with at birth, that it creates, I guess it just, all in all creates that disconnect with a lot of men that I've had experiences with. I don't know, (laughs) I don't like
1: men. (laughs) I'm not entitled to like have sex with this girl just because she literally wants to study with you.
2: And then the first thing he says when the Bible study starts is like, so the first thing we need to do to make sure you don't go to hell is we need to clean up your language. And I was like, whoa. Hello and welcome to the SPU Relationships Podcast. I am your host, Kyle Morrison, here sitting in my room in Ashton Hall. I am here with my beautiful co-host, Alaysia Clark. Hello. As well as our wonderful guests, Alejandra Diaz and Lore Lugos. What's
0: up? Hi.
2: Laura, I like the sign you have behind you, the human period sign. Um, What does that represent? Thank you.
3: This is actually the sign that I've brought to every protest I've ever been to. It's a sign for anyone listening. It's just a brown piece of paper and it says human in black lettering and it just has a period. It, it kind of encompasses everything that people would ever need to stand up for. So, I know Alejandra and
1: Lore are both queer students at SPU and I wanted to like get your guys' perspective
3: on dating um, and what that's like on campus. I don't think that there's Um, An absence of queer students at SPU, but I do think that there's a stigma and a lot of Christians that come to SPU that create an environment that makes it really hard to just be out and be comfortable your freshman year. And so um, it takes a little bit of time to, you know, find your people and, you know, just kind of feel out the environment at SPU. And so I don't think that that, I don't think that there's like so few people, but I see that the dating scene is kind of like this weird exclusive insider club where you either know or you don't know who is and isn't queer. And there's a lot of complications that come with that. What do you think Alejandro?
0: Yeah, I understand what you're saying with the Insider Club. My freshman year, I just went to Haven. I also had just an older sibling that went to this school as well. So it was kind of easier to find people, I think, a bit more. It is really easy, though, to have, like, your guard up when just meeting anybody, especially if you're, like, a queer person or just even a person of color that's trying to find your own people, making sure they're, like, oh, they're not racist or homophobic or anything. So I think that, like, everyone experiences that within their freshman year. But I did just go to Haven, and I feel like, that first experience at Haven just made it so much easier to find like my group of people. And I feel like, I think as being like, I came out when I was like 15 in high school and I feel like each year I progress, it comes a bit easier to navigate where I'm going and like who I'm gonna be with and what are my boundaries
2: with certain relationships. What are some like distinct challenges that you would be willing to talk about that you went through when you first got to SPU, as far as trying to find your group
3: there's, there's multiple identities at play here. For anyone who doesn't know, I'm a person of color. Um, and I, I come from a community where people look like me. Um, and so going to SPU, just like, for in more ma- ways than one, was just a huge culture shock. It wasn't that, like, anything was explicitly like, oh, you can't be queer here, but nobody thought like me and nobody looked me. I understood that since there was, there were some sort of Christian values at play here, I knew just to be quiet and to, like, kind of go with the flow instead of
0: to, you know, come out and be myself. Just as a right now, I like grew up my hair over quarantine. So I'm a bit more feminine presenting, if you will. And like a month after my first year into SPU, I just like cut off all my hair because I just wanted to do it because I thought people who did that were so cool. And I think dressing up as a bit more masculine in a sense, kind of, I guess in a way, interacting with men when you are kind of like a more masculine presenting like queer person um, specifically like queer woman it kind of creates a weird like tension between like other men that aren't so accepting of that even when I was in like a relationship like last year it was a bit weird to walk on campus and like be with your partner and see like other men and see like you trying to be like oh trying to be like them or trying to take their place in a sense I think it kind of creates a tension of like I don't even want to have like male friends at this campus anymore and it creates a disconnect with the majority of people at this campus that aren't really agreeing with your lifestyle in a sense. I, th- I think it's a bit different for someone who is a bit, looks a bit different once you're not matching with the identity that you were assigned with at birth, that it creates, I guess it just all in all creates that disconnect with a lot of men that I've had experiences with. I obviously had a lot of gr- guy friends that like we're fine with it we're not fine with it but like encouraged it in a way but it does kind of like make me feel a bit more left out when i see some of my more feminine presenting friends being friends with guys and knowing that this guy's gonna kind of look at me a bit different and look at me a bit weird just because of the way that oh i'm trying to take their place or something like that
2: do you guys both identify as christian or neither or what do you guys identify as religiously
0: i don't identify as christian,
2: I identify as christian. what about you laura
3: I identify as Christian. Yeah.
2: So this is really good then. I would love to get both of your perspectives, someone who does identify as Christian and someone who doesn't identify as Christian. What are your reactions when people use Christianity or use the word of Jesus and use it as a way to propagate hate against your life against your lifestyle and that's the complete opposite of what Jesus has what Jesus has preached.
3: I could go off, but I'm gonna choose not to. <laughs> Like, I just know that it's bullshit. If people want to throw scripture at me, then I've, I've read it, I promise. And I've come to a different conclusion. And so I'm not even gonna get into it or like preach whatever the hell I believe. If I'm being completely honest, there are definitely days when like, I have to listen to what people are telling me about who I am and like people who are dehumanizing me. And I do have to take a second and go and like breathe to myself because I have to re-justify my own identity just continuously. And that's just something that I'm going to live with while I'm here at SPU, and probably for the rest of my life um, if I continue to identify with Christianity, which right now I do, so.
0: For myself, since I I grew up Christian, like my mom, it was just working at the church for her. So being at the church was like my second home, but I kind of assumed when I went to college, I was like, maybe I won't keep up with like this and going to church and engaging with scripture and everything. I think based on like, how hearing sermons in like maybe high school were, it was like, well, I don't really want to be a part of this if people don't agree with my lifestyle. I'm just going to separate myself because this isn't so important to me at the moment, even though it was like so much of my foundation and my learning and morals and values growing up. I think maybe picking and choosing certain things from the Bible that I agree with that I might take with me day to day today, but being in a church setting is just like not really important for me at the moment, and I'd rather just appreciate being separated from those kind of people and not choosing to engage with those kind of people because it's just like not worth the energy.
3: I like what you said Alejandra about like choosing not to be a part of the church because I actually like I can't do that either like (laughs) even though I identify as Christian like I want nothing to do with Christians who feel the need to dehumanize anyone.
1: I know Ale and both you Laura too have like lived outside of Seattle before this. Do you think like there's a difference in like how like queer people are accepted like in a city like Seattle compared to like where you from or where you've lived
0: before. I just grew up mostly like in Olympia which is like an hour and a half away south from Seattle. I don't think people really describe it as a smaller Seattle but it is very accepting to the most for the most part. It has a bunch of like rainbow murals and all that stuff all over the place but I think maybe it's a bit more accepting for like white queers. I think being like a person of color it just adds on to any queer person that's like also a person of color just knows that like you can step into like a room and have it be full of white queers but then also not be accepted at the same time because what if they're racist a lot of the experiences I have had in high school would be exactly like that. Um, so I feel like that's what Olympia was in a sense it's just very liberal progressive but like it's kind of like how that get out plot line is um, that movie <laughs> is just yeah, I voted for Obama and stuff like that, but it's definitely like not choosing to see race and seeing that. I think Seattle is kind of just like the same in a sense, but it's just a bigger city.
3: I very recently, like since getting <laughs> since getting a car, like I've been able to branch outside of like Queen Anne Seattle and I feel much more welcome outside of Queen, Seat- Queen Anne Seattle than I do anywhere else. Like Ali was saying, like I think that it just has to do with the fact that we're queer people, but we're also queer people of color. <laughs> the outside of Queen Anne Seattle looks more like my home than um, I'm from like San Jose, California, which is like an hour away from San Francisco um, in the Bay. So yeah, Kyle's pumping his fist, <laughs> um, but S- like SPU's environment and Seattle's environment are two very, very different things. And we see parts of each environment in each other. I do think that Seattle's Pacific's environment is, is different.
2: So were you guys aware of SPU statement on human sexuality before you guys attended?
0: I was not aware of it, but I think honestly coming to this university and finding out about that within my freshman year, it wasn't a surprise. SPU just being the white supremacist imperialist university it is, it's just like not as surprising that it is like that. It's kind of like with the whole Christianity thing. I'm not putting so much energy into it today because I feel like now that I'm a junior, I'm just trying to get my degree in DIP. My freshman year, I think I try to, like, care about it as much, but I feel like when you have, like, so much power in an institution, obviously it's great if somebody, like, tries to protest that and everything. It's not so surprising in it. I just feel like I don't care about SPU enough to try and change anything within that.
2: This is, this is a question I always ask, like, faculty or even students when they talk about the, the things about SPU that they disagree with or the things about SPU that they think is inhuman. Why do you continue to attend SPU?
0: I ask myself that every day. I thought about transferring within my first two years. I kind of found like a group of people that I like really relied on, and I enjoyed like the people that I've met here, and I have enjoyed professors that I have like with courses here.
2: What about you, Laura? Did you know about the statement when you attended?
3: I I knew a bunch of people who had gone to SP before me, but they were like significantly older. Um, Like, they had graduated probably, like, four years before I even got accepted or something like that, and so I had briefly asked the question, like, yo, is this school really homophobic, and they were kind of like, you can be whoever you want to be, and I was like, fantastic, like, I guess I'll just take that and go, but I wasn't surprised when I got here, like, everything that Ali said, like, given... The nature of universities like this like I just wasn't surprised
2: what's like the most awkward dating experience you've had at SPU because SPU just seems like a very awkward place to date no matter who you are
3: I think that all of my awkward experiences have to come from like the fact that one people think I'm straight and two like I didn't grow up in Christian culture and like the things that happen when y'all try to date each like what the hell <laughs> I just get really confused it's such a weird culture shock I attended an all girls high school, but like when I say all girls, I mean like most of my friends in high school were trans boys, like that just happened to be the case. like my, my entire friend group was queer and all that. Like when I was growing up, I never learned that like, there's supposed to just naturally be tension between you and a person who is the quote opposite gender. And so it's strange to walk into a room with a boy and have them expect some sort of infatuation from your end. And I just noticed that that's a very real and prevalent thing at SPU. And I think that a lot of that has to do with the heteronormativity of Christian, Christian spaces. It's one of the reasons why I tend to choose to hang out with uh, like women and non-binary folks. Those are the people who see me for my true intentions. I mean, more than anything, it's, Like when I first got here, it was just confusing because I was like, why are they treating me this way? Why are they talking to me this way? Also just that I was never socialized to understand what it means to like, you know, not be treated as an equal um, just because I didn't experience that in high school.
2: What are some concrete like ways that people, especially men, when they are expecting you to be infatuated with them, like you said earlier, what are some concrete ways that men give that, give that, Um, impression across or like make you feel that way
3: um I was I saw this thing on the internet the other day and it asked it's like hey do you have any male friends who have never commented on your physical appearance Mm. um and I thought about it (laughs) and like when it comes to like close friends like I know my people now and I I I can say that my close friends have not done that but I've had random people who I've agreed to get Gwyn with like comment on my outfit, comment on my hair. I mean, hair's a whole other thing because you know, if you're curly and brown, you know that that's a whole other thing. But um, (laughs) talk about the way, like just talk about my physical appearance um, when that wasn't what was on the table. We decided we were getting Gwyn, like that's not what was going on. I've had men, uh, the the whole mansplaining, like I've had men explain things to me, like uh, like, uh, a concrete example, I'll be hanging out in my room when I lived in Hill with my door open, Um, And I'm a music major, my primary instrument is guitar. And I'll have men like walk by and be like, oh, you play this thing and like, try and like teach me how to play a G chord. And I'm like, dude, this is my major, like go away. Um, There's this dynamic that's created and it's like, I'm supposed to fawn over these boys um, or like, so I'm supposed to fall for them because they're so, you know, strong or whatever, but no, (laughs) get out.
2: (laughs) What about you, Alejandro? Have you experienced any of this?
0: I don't think I've experienced any of it just because like I was describing earlier, my freshman year, I was mostly like very masculine presenting. So no dude really came up to me and tried to like start anything with me, which I'm kind of grateful for because I would have hated to experience that. Yeah, I haven't really had any awkward tension. I feel like because it was just within like the first month, I think I did have like certain like guys talking to me when I still had like longer hair. But then the moment that I like cut all my hair off, they kind of like, Camino was like oh so probably not straight.
1: (laughs) I was thinking of an example that like from a guy's perspective that he was telling me one time like one of the only kind of guy friends I feel like I had at SPU but he said that like this girl in his class was like wanting to study with him and he genuinely thought that like she didn't mean study like he thought that she was trying to hook up with him and like that's not the case at all and he like felt kind of I couldn't tell if he was joking or not because like that's just the kind of person he is but he seemed like kind of frustrated or like upset that like she wasn't expecting that and he was and like he didn't come on to her like any more than that but I'm just like you're not entitled to like have sex with this girl just because she literally wants to study with you and that's what they did they studied so like Mm -hmm. I think he was expecting something more than that um
2: what would be a more acceptable way for men to i guess for lack of a better word like flirt or like to talk talk to women because i know laura you say you don't appreciate when people comment on your physical appearance like what what are like like what are some ways even if you're not interested in them that you would prefer men to present themselves if they're like trying to flirt or trying to get to know women
3: I mean, maybe I don't know. (laughs) I don't like men. (laughs) I was gonna say I'm all for direct and healthy communication. (laughs)
0: Okay.
3: Where, you know, people just kind of like say what they mean. Um, Yeah, I also understand that I was socialized in a very like emotionally intelligent environment where we all took responsibility for the way that our actions affected other people. And that's not the way that a lot of people at SPU are. That's not the way that the Christian church functions. So that's not the way that SPU is going to (laughs) function.
1: Yeah I think you're right Laura like just being direct and like communicating what you want first like if you're really just trying to be like friendly with this person like I think there's a way to go about that than like flirting with someone. I know like sometimes it can be like misinterpreted depending on like who you are or like if you've never like really been around guys like that.
2: What are some stereotypes and we'll just throw out the dating. What are some stereotypes or misconceptions just about queer people in general that you guys just want to get rid of right now
3: i think the only one that i care about at spu is when people or people like will tell me that i'm like slandering the name of jesus or something like that that one gets to me just because who i am as an individual like everything i do is for like what i would call love and for me that is embodied in christianity So specifically at SPU I'd say that that's the only stereotype or something like that all these queers are like these dirty rotten like kids who don't know what the hell that they're doing and like they don't experience any sort of higher power and they're all going to hell that's the only one that gets to me I kind of when the stereotype applies to me I think it's funny so (laughs) like I don't know in any other capacity like if it's a stereotype by queer people because they're they're funny then like I'm okay with it but
0: I feel like I wouldn't know what the common stereotypes of queer people are that because there might be like stereotypes that I like I guess like queer women like not being straightforward and like coming up to you and talking to you about it, just kind of like going online or something like that but I wouldn't really know what common stereotypes are like what's the word around spu or something like that for what Laura said I guess when gay people are gonna go to hell I personally don't think that hell's real I feel like I haven't thought about stereotypes within what SPU Christians think about gay people.
3: Like, unfortunately the stereotypes at SPU that, like they're stereotypes, but the worst thing about them is that they're dehumanizing um, and that they remove all credibility and like power from the actual queer people. The going to, ha- like, I also don't believe in Helen, I'm Christian, but like, that's a whole other thing we can unpack. <laughs> but um, the thing about the stereotypes around queer people at SPU is that they're so driven by fear I don't know. That's the reason why they bother me. It's not that the stereotype itself bothers me. It's that like everyone is afraid of each other.
2: I was just going to say those dudes who are telling you that you're slandering the name of Jesus, I think they're slandering the name of Jesus. Like would Jesus ever come up to anyone and say that they were slandering his name? No.
3: (laughs) He told the Pharisees off a few times.
2: (laughs) He did tell the Pharisees off a few times, but these dudes remind me of the Pharisees. I mean... (laughs) like
3: they were like hey jesus can we hate people yet he was like let me tell you a story about sheep (laughs) Like,
2: (laughs) no the pharisees remind me so much of like today's super super like religious people like like soup like the people who i think
3: that's the point yeah that's like who they are
2: exactly like the people like okay so i have a friend who tried to get me to join a cult and like uh it was like a yeah, it was like a, it was like a Christian cult, which I don't even know you could call it Christian because I don't think that there are any Christian cults. It was like, so I, I walk into this meeting and it's my, it's like one of my old friends from high school. I walk, I gotta be careful because he might listen to this podcast. I walked, <laughs> I walked into this meeting and um he just invited me, he invited me to a Bible study and like, I'm Christian. So I was like, sure, why not? I'll Bible study with anyone. And so I was, I walked into this Bible study and this dude walks in, well, he didn't walk in, it was a Zoom meeting. He comes in and uh we're talking and he seemed like he was my age and bishop's my age so i was talking and i cussed like two times right like i think i might have said shit and i might have said like crap or something like that you know just talking about my day and then the first thing he says when the bible study starts is like so the first thing we need to do to make sure you don't go to hell is we need to clean up your language and i was like whoa and so, <laughs> and so but basically the whole thing was like I went to a couple meetings just cause I found them so interesting. Like I didn't agree with anything they had to say, but I just wanted to like hear more what they thought. And they're like, like, they're messed up, man. They like, don't believe women should be talking in church. Like they don't believe you should be dating anyone unless they're in the same church, like stuff like that. They also like prioritize the law so much over the love. Like they look at, um, the new Testament and they just find like random, like laws. They're so subjective and they're like, if you don't do this, you're going to go to hell. I don't I think that's the exact opposite of what Jesus is trying to do when he came here.
1: Personally, I want to get more educated on queer history and just understand the community better and like be more supportive. So do you have any
0: recommendations on like readings? I feel like the majority of the stuff that I learned was just from like friends that I had and like the TV and the movies that I watch. Like I'm pretty sure um Pose is like a really popular one. Um, It's on Netflix. I think both seasons are on Netflix that talks about like during the 80s, the underground like queer culture, but it's like basically like clubs for specifically for like the LGBTQ community, because they kind of needed that because from common clubs, they would probably get kicked out for some of their identities. Anything by James Baldwin, just because I like James Baldwin a lot. Just the way that he writes, it's very detailed. Or what we read like the Well of Loneliness as well, which is like about lesbian fiction from like the 20s. Like, as a gay person, gay culture to me is just, like, listening to Mariah Carey and Whitney Houston. <laughs> That's what, like, around a lot of- I would
3: of- agree with that. I like this. It's called Outside the Lines. I think it's it's te- it's te- it's for queer people, but I would recommend reading it and like, reading it and knowing that this is a story someone is sharing um, about their queer experience. Um, it's by Mihi Kim Court, M-I-H-E-E-K-I-M dash k o r t um and it's specifically about christianity and queerness there's also a lot of queer theologians that you can just like follow on instagram um if you're a if you're a spiritual like christian person one that immediately comes to mind is kevin garcia there's a podcast that like when i first came to spu i listened to a lot just because it was really really helpful um and it is run by a white ally but um they're like The point is that anyone can come on and share their stories and they just talk about like sex and like queer things and it's called God is Gray. Um, So I can plug that. ACLU Washington is great for legal assistance
1: if you're ever being discriminated against like in person on the streets or at your job, wherever they will help you Um, with any legal action. The crisis clinic is a 24 hour hotline in Seattle. If you are ever in a crisis and need a number It is 206-461-3222. The Multi-Faith Works is a directory for welcoming churches in the area. So if you're looking for that, there's a list online and I will definitely try to link all of these um, for people. And then lastly, LGBTQ Activism in Seattle History Project is like an online um, archive about activism after like Stonewall in new york it also happened in seattle so there's like a bit of history oral history about that um photos and other things
2: um i would like to thank our wonderful guests alejandra diaz and Laura lugos i would like to thank my one co-host today we miss you and love you Haley. i would like to thank alaysia clark yeah thank you so much for listening wherever you are and whenever you're listening to this whoever you are um and we'll see you guys next week with another great episode practice safe sex everybody